Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. Before we get started today, I'm really excited. We have a new course coming out this month. It's called Homeopathic Vaccinations and World Diseases. It's a wonderful course that I'm, like I said, I'm very, very excited about, and I'd like to encourage all of you to take a look at it. This course has been designed to help take the mystery out of the subject of vaccination versus immunization and we've tried to answer the many questions that all parents seem to have on the subject. We even go the extra step to discuss each disease that parents are asked to give vaccinations for as well as the majority of world's diseases and how to immunize for them or to treat for them in case someone is actually contracts the disease. This is a very unique course and we're really excited about it. But I think it's important to say that in order to understand the more in-depth world of disease, we really encourage all of you to take the Homeopathy for Mommies Crash Course, which is available on our website, homeopathyformommies.com. It is a 10-class audio series based on my book, Homeopathy for Mommies. It gives you the crash course in learning how to use homeopathy to treat acute conditions in your family, but it also gives you the basis in order to understand the chronic and the other conditions that disease brings up in the family. I consider this foundational learning for any other courses that I offer on my site. Periodically we have offers for the crash course, the homeoprophylactic course, the MRSA course, and other upcoming courses, but once the introductory price is taken off, it'll never be that cheap again. We always try to offer it again later at another reduced cost, but it'll never be as low as it initially runs. So really consider looking at these courses. I, From the bottom of my heart, I, I am sincere in saying you will not be sorry if you learn about homeopathy and we try to make it as simple as we possibly can. Thank you. All right, now let's get started and we're going to talk about asthma today. Asthma. I have a lot of questions that come to me about asthma. But before we get started on my telling you about asthma, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I'll tell you a little bit of a story. <laughs> like, do you remember when you were a little kid playing hide and seek? I do. With two older brothers and three younger siblings, we played by the hour when mom and dad were gone. Why? Why then? <laughs> because we could go into the forbidden zones, the attic, mom and dad's closet, under their bed, the far corners of the basement. We could move boxes, build forts, and pull mom's best dresses down just far enough to hide our feet. These games were some of the best memories. However, of course you knew that this was going to go somewhere, right? <laughs> the however here is this. I remember these moments because they were so scary. Like when my dad would put a blanket over his head and pretend he was a monster. Theoretically, I knew that was my dad under there because I seen him put the blanket over his head, but I would still be so scared. I would scream. And <laughs> if I was having a really good day, I'd even cry. I'd be so afraid. See, that's a little kid for you, right? So, playing hide and seek. I can remember being so scared. I could feel my heart beating so hard in my chest that I knew it would beat right through the front. And I knew for sure that anyone getting close to my hiding place could surely hear my heartbeat as well. Oh, and forget about breathing. My breathing was as loud as a freight train. So I'd have to hold my breath when I thought anyone was even in the same room because I knew for sure I'd give myself away. Seriously, I knew they could hear me breathing from across the room. 
you know how you peek out through the clothes and you're breathing so loud you know that's the only reason they look in your direction is because they can hear you. I would be so afraid. I could, I just was ready to die. Really? I know. These fears were my delusions, weren't they? What is a delusion? People talk about other people being delusional. Oh, you are so delusional. Well, that is an exact description of someone's perception of what's going on. I see, I hear, I feel. My delusion. No one else can hear or see or feel the same thing I do. So therefore it is mine. My delusion. Yes, I set my own stage. I made my own reality. I created my own fears. I did it then and I continue to do it today. Of course, I'm not nearly as exciting as I was 45 years ago. So my delusions are now on a much lower and boring scale. But I still have them. Everyone does. Whether you're young, whether you're middle-aged, whether you're actually old. Everyone has their own delusions. In other words, they're the only ones that can see or feel or hear something the way no one else can feel, see, hear something. We had them as children and we have them all through our adult life. So let's talk about this. Why can 10 people be in, say, a five-car pileup at an intersection of two busy roads? And when the cops come around and question them, no two people have the same exact story. Why is that? Well, because each one of these 10 people experienced something entirely different. They will tell you to the best of their ability the actual events. But they will also pour into this story their experience of that event. At the moment of the accident, each one of these 10 people were in their own little world with their own little thoughts, maybe engaged in conversation, maybe listening to the radio, maybe scared of being late for work, maybe anticipating a fun date. Maybe they were excited about an upcoming meeting. It doesn't matter. Whatever their thoughts or moods were at that exact moment, that is what they take into the accident with them. So, each person sliding into the accident brought with them their own little stage, their own props, their mindset, their fears, and so their perception will be totally different than even the guy sitting next to them. That is why in homeopathy we say that only the patient himself can tell you what he is experiencing or what his experience was, whether it be tragedy, illness, exposure, fright, or any other situation. Only that patient can give you the hints to his needed remedy, to his reality, for his sensation. I've had moms get on the phone and say, oh, so-and-so has been ill and, you know, this is what she's been going through. These were her symptoms, so on and so forth. And I ask, can I talk to your daughter? Oh, yeah. And then she proceeds to tell me, so no, no, really, ma'am, may I talk to your daughter? Oh, okay. So the daughter gets on the phone and she starts repeating exactly what the mother said. It's a rehearsed symptom story. I say, sweetie, I said, can you just tell me when did this begin and, and how are you feeling then? Well, that just throws her off kilter because she's got this rehearsed because her and her mom have discussed her symptoms. So anyway, once I throw her off and she goes back and she starts telling me her story in her words, easily I'll know her remedy. Because again, it has to come from her. It can't come from the mommy or, or daddy or anybody else. It has to come from the patient themselves. And their story, their words, their language, their sensation, that will tell you the remedy. Like, I had a gal come in last week with an ovarian cyst. Believe it or not, even her dreams directed and gave clues to her physical issue. It's amazing the way language will tell us the remedy that's needed. God gave us us to intrinsically detailed that when 
Given the chance to speak freely without leading questions, the mind will pour forth all sorts of fun information. He knew that our corporal body would be in need of fixing and healing at times, so he endowed man with the fine-tuning capabilities of communication. I don't have the space here to go into a lot more detail, but you can trust me when I tell you this. Every homeopath, every naturopath will tell you the same thing, but I am telling you that it goes much further back than our modern natural medicine. It goes back to Greek philosophy. When popular understanding was changing and bringing about the beginnings of what we call today critical thinking. The Greek physician Hippocrates, whom we call the father of medicine, was able to distinguish between magic and medicine. He observed ill patients and classified their symptoms and then made predictions about the course of the disease. He taught that, quote, by similar things a disease is produced and through the application of the like is cured, unquote. Following Hippocrates, the dawn of Christianity came and with it a deeper understanding of the spirit of man. Teaching nearly 1,500 years ago was St. Benedict. He was noted as telling his seminarians, if you want to know a man, listen to him but for five minutes, and he will give away his heart. This wonderful saint of human nature knew that man would unwittingly give away his deepest thoughts, desires, fears, and even the most finite goings-on of his internal person, just by his speech. Then, with science and deeper understanding of herbs and their uses, as well as note-keeping, for side-by-side -side comparisons, Samuel Hahnemann later expounded upon the similar suffering of Hippocrates and the principle of healing. He was able to take to full measure the principle of like cures like. Okay, where am I going with this? Well, I have questions all the time about asthma. I rarely answer any of the questions because that would be more than an acute situation. I just simply tend to ask more. Then I'll say... This patient needs a full case intake. They need chronic care. Why? Because there is no medical reason for asthma. By that I mean, we know what happens when someone has an asthma attack. For instance, during an asthma attack, the airways of the lungs become narrowed, causing an obstruction to the airflow. Symptoms including coughing, wheezing, breathlessness, and tightness in the chest. It is characterized by inflammation of the bronchial tubes with increased production of sticky secretions inside the tubes. People with asthma experience symptoms when the airways tighten, inflame, or fill with mucus. A person with asthma can experience any or all of these symptoms, but they all say, I can't breathe. How awful, huh? Asthma is physical, very physical, very distressing, and very scary. Not only for the patient, but for everyone around them. In homeopathy, we look for the trigger to their symptoms. Most doctors look for an allergic trigger. But that is rarely a verifiable trigger. It just kind of seems that way. We know that a genetic predisposition will leave any of us with certain weaknesses or tendencies. So why asthma? Well, much like my seemingly unimportant hide-and-seek story at the beginning of this little chat, it was the emotion of fear that led me to hold my breath, for my heart to pump nearly out of my chest. And this is when I wanted to play. Can you imagine if I was the victim of something I didn't want to be a part of? Life can bring many unexpected moments. When someone is exposed to situations that they are not ready for, it can literally take their breath away. This is what we call an asthma trigger. Many times the patient cannot tell you when it started or how, but a good homeopath will be able to figure it out through good case taking. And with that patient's own language, he will know the remedy that will relieve that deep-seated experience. Many eyebrows raise when they hear me say that asthma is an emotional issue. One of my very first asthma cases was a young lady 
who she knocked at my door. And I'm like, oh, hi, sweetheart. I knew her from the time she was real young. And she came in, and she, she was breathing, <sighs> very labored. And I says, are you okay? I thought, honestly, I thought she had had a car accident down the road or something and just came for help. She says, my mom told me to come and talk to you about my asthma. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's the middle of the afternoon, and I'm canning, and I, okay. You know what? Come on in the my office, sweetie pie. So she follows me in and I said, okay. I says, well, why don't you tell me what's been going on? She proceeds to tell me all about her asthma. When she was diagnosed, the fact that uh, her, she had gone to the chiropractor, the chiropractor had actually diagnosed her because she had extreme dyspnea, which we call, it's very labored, difficult breathing. And the chiropractor is the one that actually diagnosed her with asthma. And she didn't want to go on to a regular doctor because she didn't she knew that they were just going to put her on an inhaler actually the chiropractor suggested it she didn't want to do that and so she came to me so I says okay why don't you just tell me about you as a person and we proceeded I listened to her story and it was all I could do to keep from just literally giggling on the inside because she was giving me the clearest most profound picture of a remedy that you can even imagine and within 20 minutes we knew her remedy I didn't happen to have it. I had to order it. But I told her, I says, okay, sweetie, I'm going to give you our Senecum 200 because it's it's an amazing remedy that's just really going to help to open up those airways when you have a situation like you're experiencing right now. And I'm going to order your remedy, and then we'll get that to you. So she ex- actually experienced tremendous healing on just the arsenicum 200 which very often arsenicum is just enough to open up those airways and, you know, do the trick. But once I got her remedy and I gave it to her, told her how to take it and so on and so forth two doses and her asthma was completely cured it was just it was it's so fun to find that trigger for someone who is experiencing that difficulty in breathing and has been diagnosed with asthma and people say well my child was born with asthma and I say okay when was his first noticed actual first episode well you know there's always some controversy there and they don't know and so I always ask what was going on and invariably in most cases if that child really did have difficulty, even as a small, small child, either you take the mother's case or the story will go around to the fact when this actually happened and you'll still be able to find the remedy. And very often, you know, there are rare cases where you just take the mother's case and it was some, some incident that happened intrauterine that was transferred upon that child. And still, the mother's story will tell you the remedy that that child needs. It's, it's so amazing. And like I said, a good homeopath will be able to walk right through a story to the remedy. And so, I mean, I I don't want to belittle asthma here because asthma is a huge problem. It's, it's, my heart aches for this situation. And it can be exacerbated simply by toxins, uh, things in the air. Yes, the allergies, like I said, that can weaken the system enough that it'll bring it on. You know, it's it's not like an all or nothing type situation, but a good homeopath will always be able to find a trigger, you know, that factor that caused it to begin. And so I, um, I just encourage everyone, if, if asthma is in your world, find a good homeopath. And again, like I said, I'd be happy to help anyone find a good homeopath. So with all the description here and my explanation about asthma, the fact that it is so very curable when the patient can give a clear case. Parents still want to know what they can do for the acute situation when that arises. And in my experience, again, like I said, the first remedy that I would give for any asthma type situation, wow, I guess I would give aconite because usually aconite is that fear factor. And if it's something that has just come on, I would reach for aconite, high potency, a 200 or even a 1M if it's a child. 
why high? Because the mental factor, it touches the mind and then it will begin to heal the body because asthma is an emotional issue. In many other cases or in all other cases, I would reach for arsenicum next. Arsenicum very often takes care of all the symptoms and even in animals, I've actually had horses with asthma type conditions and the arsenicum 200 just bam, takes care of it right now. And uh, lower potencies will actually work to open up the inflamed bronchial tubes. High potency will work well to calm the mind and when they have the fear of losing their breath. So you can start with a high potency, go down to a lower potency, um, or you can just stay with a high potency. In most cases, one of these two remedies will work to alleviate the asthma completely. And either, if either fails, like I said, just have the case taken and you too will become a believer. Honestly, asthma is one of my favorite cases to take <laughs> because these patients are so usually very, very full of life. They're very sensitive and they will easily be cured when they receive the correct remedy. Like I say, it's just, I don't want to belittle the situation, but it, it's amazing when the right remedy is found. Thank you so much for your support and all your wonderful emails about this podcast. You can help me by leaving a review on iTunes and also by sharing this show with your friends on social media. Be sure to stop by our website where I post blog spots and show notes each week. You can also get access to our special subscriber area on the website where you can get detailed show notes and special guides, like for instance the earache guide, just by subscribing to our special email list. So go to homeopathyformommies.com to sign up. And of course, you can find us on Facebook as well. Once again, thank you, one and all. May God bless you and yours.